The burger beat pizza. Beat pizza. Are you trying to talk like me? <laughs> the, what, the burger beat pizza? What is that? What are you saying? What, what, what are you talking about? Where are we? Where are we? Where are we? What neighborhood are we in? Where? All these Brooklyn neighborhoods, there's so many of them. They got different names. They're like a different... Unlike Manhattan, where there are no neighborhoods with different names. Uh, well... Yeah, I guess you're right, but if this is Brooklyn, it's like a sort of a, where are we? We are at Emily, a restaurant in I've, I've actually the heard, Clinton Hill actually, area. I've actually heard of this place. You know why I've heard of it? The internet. Yeah. Okay. These guys are famous for their hamburger. Well, that's what we're here to talk about, but originally, and probably still, they're mostly famous for their pizza. That's true. You can see a giant pizza oven in their open kitchen. Yep. They have, I don't know, a 12 varieties of pizza, 15 varieties of pizza on the menu, a dozen plus. But they we introduced a burger. Nobody cares about that pizza. They introduced a burger. We're, we care about the burger. And, and uh, everybody loved the burger. So we are here to talk about how a burger can sort of take over a restaurant sometimes. Well, sometimes. I mean, we live in the age of the burger, the right? The almighty power of the burger. We live in the age of comfort food. The apex predator on the comfort food food chain is the MF and cheeseburger, right? It's the American, great American burger. That is the symbol of, you know... I don't know. What is it? It's like the great icon. It's the great American food icon. I don't even think it's the age it's of the burger. It's indestructible. There is no not age of the burger. Oh, well, you could argue that. It's but always we, but, the age of the but, burger. But, you know, we, these days, everything has to be an age of. So we're, we live in the golden age of all sorts of different things. Uh, mixology, we've talked about. All, all you have to do is listen to these crackpot podcasts. It's the golden age of all sorts of things. Pasta, pizza, burger. you. Comfort food. But, but, but burger... I think if you're going to pick one one dish that sort of personifies uh, the various food revolutions that are going on now or have been going on for the last 10, 15 years, you probably have to pick the burger. But I think it's interesting here because you'll see chefs do this sometimes. If, if this is how, what, on Grub Street also, we, we tend to have a sense of when a restaurant is really in trouble because they will add a burger to the menu in hopes of sort of bringing people in. You, when you see the brunch burger show up, you know, at a restaurant that has nothing to do with comfort food or burgers to begin with, you know that, that things might be getting a little bleak financially. Much, much like, here, much like here, one's Twitter feed. I find that here... You, you want to get some action, you put a picture of a burger on it. What's interesting about Emily is that they had a very successful neighborhood pizza place. People loved it. You would walk in, always crowded, always full. And they had this burger, and the burger, the burger beat pizza. I think why we're here is because... The, the chefs who were you know, owners who were about to meet um, cannily uh, realized that uh, the power of the burger was basically all-encompassing. It reached everywhere. And so they had this smart idea. I don't know if they were the first ones who had that smart idea. Not only were they going to do a different kind of burger, which they cooked up themselves because they're talented cooks, but they were going to make a limited edition burger. 20, 30 a night. Come and get them. So this combination of the beauty of the hamburger which was different as we're going to see than other burgers and also its limited availability and then the magic power of the internet combined to create this frenzy now the restaurant is on the map it was a neighborhood but the power of the burger 
elevated national the, national the prof the profile. And so, what is it about the burger that has this 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 sort of almost hypnotic sway over the dining public these That's days? That's what we're going to find out. Well, what do you think? Honestly, I don't know if I know what it is about the a, a burger that is so captivating in a way that well usurps the power of other comforts. Number one foods. is delicious. It's delicious, but number two, it's everybody has their own burger memory. They love their, their memories of their burgers. Number three, it's um, it probably appeals in that elemental way to more people than any other single kind of food. The hot dog is you know, sort of Chicago or going to the ballpark. Pizza, I think pizza and burger are probably neck and neck, actually. So the people at Emily have, have those two little points on the medigula or whatever that point of the brain is that, that causes it, that, that, that makes you addicted. They, they, they sort of, they, they've wisely covered those two bases. Yeah. But there's something about the burger. Pizza is pretty much pizza. It's pretty much basic. But there's something about the burger that is, uh, it speaks to... But it's not just any burger because you've been at places where they have one it's chefed up and it's you know we're using such and such beef and this cheese from france and we make our brioche buns in house and they don't always really connect in that way that i think this one well does we can a lot of uh, the burger it's, it's got this endless appeal but in the last 10 years 15 years chefs who Suddenly, who they've realized that their their souffles or their foie gras or whatever the, whatever the fancy dishes they're peddling aren't selling anymore, in an attempt to capture the public imagination, they've desperately not desperately they've uh, experimented with the old burger template. Daniel Baloud started it in a place called Manhattan, Midtown Manhattan. DB Baloud. Never heard of it. Anyway, the the. Correct me if I'm wrong, but the, the DB Burger was the first of these chefed up burgers. I think it was the first one to get a lot of attention, yeah. But that was like overly chefed. Well, it's still, I mean, it was it's fabulous. stuffed with foie gras it was, it's a, and short it, ribs it was and fabulous. It was, a, it's a, it, was, it was a fabulous thing. Anyway, ever since then, and that was a while ago now, it was Katie Bar the Door as far as, you know, chefs, uh, fancy qualified chefs with elaborate continental backgrounds trying to cook up, put their own personal stamp on the burger. But you're right, some hit, some don't. And this one hit in a big way, and I guess we're going to find out why. Uh, we are joined now by the owners, Matt Highland and Emily Highland of Emily, and two hulking specimens. These are, I mean, these are giant cheeseburgers. These are as big as Platt's head. Well, and I've used that gimmicky phrase many times. I ate a hamburger as big as my head. This is actually going to happen today. <laughs> Provided I can get it down my craw. Um, it's, a, it's a thing of beauty. So anyway, why don't you tell us a little bit about the background of your restaurant and how you came to... Um, I mean, obviously, you've grown up with hamburgers. You've grown up with pizza. But how did you get this wonderful idea? Not only for the burger itself, which is an unusual burger. It's got a pretzel bun. It's got a kind of a... Uh, it's addictive... Uh, kimchi style Korean sauce um, anyway lead us through the great story of the Emily Burger well at our heart we are a pizza restaurant which is what we were founded to be and there's only so much pizza at least Matt can eat <laughs> I, I have yet to tire of it but Matt, Matt looks like a burger man Matt is a burger man so he put the burger on the menu because he was tired of eating pizza every day 
um, in between shifts or you know pre-shift or whatever. So he made a burger that he wanted to eat, and we specialed it out to regulars and had it a lot at family meal and gave it to friends and then it just started to build some traction and so now it's here. So what what was it about this combination of things that made you think, you know, this is the burger I'm in the mood for, this is what I'm going to do? Because there are some unusual or not unusual, but, you know, unique things that you don't see all the time. I feel like there's some things that a lot of chefs sort of lean on and you see time and again and this is not like that at all. It's its own sort of creation. Yeah, um, there's a few things that do bother me about burgers where it's like some are unnecessarily cheap for the sake of being unnecessarily cheap where it's like you know the worst beef and a you know potato bun and just like a little like you know like flaccid slice American cheese and some are just overly uh, like luxurious for just just to be overly luxurious so I think like you know popular burgers like run that middle ground of like it's not cheap and it's not like just throwing foie and truffles and an egg on it there's just there's more to making a burger than like it's an in-between burger it's not a cheap burger and it's not an expensive one let's give it some thought in other words yeah so like i wanted to create this like a dish and like you know we we got a really nice beef from fleischer's and um, i love grafton cheddar cheese so obviously those are going on and caramelized onions i think is a great burger topping and then the sauce was sort of a happy accident it was a korean wing sauce Mixed with some mixed with some aioli by accident, and then it <laughs> really it, yep. And then, your, your elbow knocked it over, and like oh, <laughs> almost, what's wrong with yeah, that? Yeah, yeah. happy accident. Korean and that's like, wing sauce. Yeah, so we were putting that on our crispy pig ears, and um, a long time ago, a long time ago with crispy pig ears with the Korean wing sauce on it, and just which we now have the wings. Yeah, so we, we have, have the wings now. So we do we do actually have wings with Korean wing sauce, and then some mayo got mixed into it as like a family meal thing, and then all of a sudden it's like, wow, this sauce is really good. And then what happens when we put it with Caramelized onions, cheddar, and a burger, and dry a pretzel beef bun. Too. Yeah, dry yeah. beef. So everything just sort of kind of came together as this like middle ground burger, and it's it's not, you know, it's not just like an easy easy like get where it's like oh it's like I'm gonna shave truffles on and charge a lot of money, and it's not like a cheapo one where it's like here's like a five dollar who knows what's in a burger. Well, we, you know, you know, you talk to burger nuts, they spend a lot of time talking about the bun. Mm-hmm. Obsess over the bun, and your your guys' bun is uh, different, especially for New York City. Where did you come up with the, the, the pretzel idea? Uh, well, I mean, I love pretzels. Let's just start there. So it's just like we had started on a, a different bun in the first few weeks. We started serving a different bun. It was a panole, and then I was talking. Um, with a friend of mine, and I was like, you know, I kind of want to do a pretzel bun. And at that same exact time, Wendy's had introduced a pretzel bun. And I was like, I don't think I should do a pretzel bun. And then he talked <laughs> me into it. He's like, don't, why, why would you ever compare yourself to Wendy's? Well, why would across you? The, yes. they, did a, they, they introduced that pretzel bun for a reason. <laughs> yeah, they, did a was good. Of, they did a lot so. of pre, you know, research on the whole thing. Exactly. So I was like, well, all right, let's just go with the pretzel bun then. And um, I'd had these pretzel buns before. Uh, they're from Tomcat Bakery. So it was... Uh, it was something I already had the product, and I knew it, and I liked it. So it was sort of, let's just put this thing. It, it kind of made it a little bit um, over the top, especially, like, the way it looks, too. I mean, it is it is a burger store burger, but when it's on a pretzel bun, it, it really has a nice appearance, too. Well, it's also instantly recognizable as yours. Yeah, too. that's I mean, true, too. Whether that was on purpose or not, you see I, it. it you yeah. <laughs> that wasn't actually on purpose, but uh, you're right. It, it is, like, there aren't a lot of pretzel buns in New York. So it took you... A good deal of time to figure it out. Yeah, definitely. A burger is not some simple. Of course, nothing simple. I don't know. Pizza is not simple. It's one of those things that's so simple that it kind of it it encourages creativity in the right way. Oh, but really? It's very easy to oh. get get steered oh, on the wrong path. Really? That's a good point. Oh, 
Get I'm trying to bite. Open. I'm trying to bite. Let's look at this thing. When did you go ahead? You beat so <laughs> He's off the right. He's off the reservation. I don't know what happened. You, you're not gonna try it. I'm gonna try it. You <laughs> lunatic. Uh, it is beautiful. I you might try it. I, don't worry. I'll try. Anyway, so when did you hit on the idea of just having a limited edition? Had that been done with other kinds of foods? Not really. Uh, not with not the a, wings a little bit. Yeah, with the wings we did a happy hour special, but I think it was more because um, just space constraints of having enough beef in house, enough pretzel buns. Mm-hmm. Um, this is a very tiny restaurant, and we have even tinier space to store things. And our beef delivery comes once a week, so we really don't have, we really can't have more in house than we do. And like I said, we could. We could sell them all in one night and not have any for the rest of the week, but we basically portion out the beef for the entire week. Mm -hmm. And it's funny, people really do get very angry, even though it's very clear on our website and in any any articles about us that they're in limited quantity. I got got very angry. uh, I'm sure you did. I didn't get very angry, but But I got somewhat angry. People get very angry. Well, they're all standing in line for that burger. It's true, but you then you you see the people in there eating their burger all smug, (laughs) and you're standing there... I mean, order pizza. That's I not mean, bad. Selling, you know, selling seventy-five of these Brooklyn. a night. <laughs> Everybody's smug in Brooklyn. <laughs> selling seventy-five of these a night would be great, and we'd make money and everything like that. But it's just logistically, we can't do it. You know, so it wasn't a plan. But interestingly enough, it created more buzz. That's true. Yeah, it was an unintended uh, happy accident. How long did it take after you added it to the menu before the masses started clamoring for burgers every night? Like six months, maybe? Yeah, I think oh, really? it was yeah. that second January, right? Like January 2015? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, was we, we, it went on the menu. Somebody write about it? And then it was really after Infatuation wrote about uh, it, I think, that it, it well, changed. And then New York, at the same time, New York Magazine had that beef article and George Motts with um, oh, New York yeah, Magazine. Ben, ben Walls Walls. Ben Walls, yep. yep. And then we, uh, we, we brought oh, yeah, a burger into oh. the... Uh, the photo studio, and then they took pictures of it, and then that's sort of, those happen at the same exact time, and then it just, it really got crazy. We also have a burger pizza, so a deconstructed version of this burger and pizza format, which was a way when we run out of the burger to alleviate the craze. Well, we don't have the burger, we ran out of buns, we ran out of the burger patties, we are able to have the deconstructed version in pizza so form. So you, you, you basically found yourself in the midst of a burger zombie invasion. I guess so. Like the whole thing blew up and they just came out of the darkness with their, like me, like with their <laughs> hands before them going burger, 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 The insanity burger. is real. So let's talk about this burger. Yep. This is a pretty awesome burger, oh, actually. It actually does, it's so awesome it doesn't even sort of taste like a burger. What does it it's taste got like? Solid, well, let's talk about it. It's got... First of all, the meat is superb. Yeah, and it's salty. Shirts. I don't know what you put in it. It's got a little salty. It's sort of basic. That's it's just been it's, aged. Uh, yeah, dry aged. It's been salted pretty heavily, and then when it comes off the grill, I I put pepper on once it comes uh, the black topping. And it's a pepper on it's a big off. burger. It's not a Shake Shack burger, which is smaller. And there's a in burger cir- circles. There's all sorts of talk about the the the, the Bundaburger ratio. I would say this Bundaburger ratio is actually outside of the norm when you're talking about what. The burger style is like it's more of a chef style burger where they give you a bountiful amount of meat. The thing that really sets it off, I'm sounding like a burger style. You're a real foodie. <laughs> You're a real foodie. Somebody, somebody rein me in here. <laughs> I think the bun is awesome. The bun is awesome. The bun has this buttery sweet quality, this buttery sweet pretzely quality. The onions and the Korean, so whatever that you know that that gives it an addictive quality. But the <laughs> yeah. but the sweetness yeah. the sweetness mingles with it. The buttery sort of pastry sweetness mingles with it, and it's like, bah! I'm having another bite. Without the, with the pretzel bun, it's, it's the Emily burger. Without the bun, it's a burger. That bun is a stroke of genius. And it must have been done before, Chicago, somewhere. 
Oh, Wendy's, sorry. Wendy's. <laughs> Wendy's did it. Wait a minute. <laughs> well, they, they know their burgers. Ooh, you know, I know. I, I know. Think, how many burgers do they sell every day? Oh. More than twenty-five. They're, right? they're, than they're 25. introducing something. They know mm. what they're doing. You get that, but you get you get all that onion at the end. I get that sweetness of the onion right at the end. Kind of lingers, makes you that. It's that thing. Listen that makes to you us. Want to go back for more. Listen to us. This is what burgers do to people. Also, when you finish that bite, basically, I'm salivating. <laughs> like I'm like. <laughs> <laughs> I think what we're also missing that we haven't talked about is the fact that it's presented on a sheet tray, an actual half baking pan, so it looks very bountiful. There's a pile of beautiful, thin, crispy fries. Some of the best fries I've had they're in delicious. a very long time. There's a, lot of, there's a, there's a, there's a, a big pile. There's aioli, and then that's the, dipping, that's the Korean emmy sauce. It's a real treat. What do you guys think is the allure of the burger? I mean, what is it about this simple... Um, I, don't, I don't know. I guess maybe it captures people's imagination. Aside the fact that it tastes so good, maybe it is the again. Like I was saying, it's not. It's not overly luxurious, but it's not, you know, under delivering with just like cheapness. It kind of hits that right point of, you know, here's your here's just a full entree, and here it is. It's a full meal. It's a lot of food. I think that people like to eat it in this environment too. I guess would you say that? Yeah, I, I think that there's a real underlying component of nostalgia to eating at our restaurant. Like we really. Um, intentionally create dishes that feel like childhood a little bit for you know all of us in Brooklyn who are in that state of arrested development you know in our lives all so the smug Brooklyn yeah, exactly so <laughs> eating you know eating a burger and a pizza and you know having that s'mores calzone full of marshmallows after for dessert taps into you know being at fourth grade at summer camp you know or whatever and uh, I think that's why people in general one component of why people like to eat here should we talk I was about not eating this well at summer camp. should we talk about <laughs> well we're not you're not millennials but whatever we are obviously there's a new they're not even a new generation of eaters anymore for whom the hamburger has become the equivalent of their parents whatever their parents fancy dinner Mm -hmm. they would much rather eat a well-rendered hamburger or a well-rendered pizza or something that they can relate to that's done in a in a in a in a in a first-class way and so that's that's what's driving the, the dining world right now. So I don't know how, how you define that generation. I think I've used a hundred different ridiculous terms, but it's a, it's a new 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 kind of eater. I think it's just a people expecting an elevated version of things they've known that weren't very good as a child, and they might have better memories. If you go back to a a fast food place, like oh, I remember I liked this fast food when I was younger, but you go now, it's like well, this doesn't taste very good, and it probably did when I was a kid. But you want that same item that's just done better. Right. So you want, you, want, you want an adult version of the things you liked as a child. You're trying to get the dish that the person is imagining as opposed to the dish that they actually had it's growing up. It's the platonic up. form the of platonic the platonic ideal. Yeah. <laughs> I also think it's really paired with the culture of social media right now. I think that's like... Let's a, not forget that. Yeah. The culture of social media. <laughs> yeah. I mean, when you're trying to label this generation of eaters or whatever, I think that that's been a really integral part of of what's made diners come here because it does have that like quote-unquote food porn quality where you're holding it up and there's stuff dripping down the sides well, there's, and there's a trophy aspect bonkers. to it too yeah. for some people too how many you people, go out and you get this and look what i got i got this what percentage of people besides me because i've already taken my instagram picture of this burger take pictures of it the minute it hits the table 
95 I would say it's crazy our staff is I remember in the beginning you know people we would be appalled when people would like stand on their chair with their specialty flash and that's just become <laughs> they bring their own lights and lighting in at you know who that was this guy right here no have you seen my Instagram? There's four pictures on it. This guy right here. I hope one of them. I don't, he sends I don't take pictures in. of He sends his staff in. I don't think. We do, we, do we do have people come in uh, right at 5.30 to order it and then walk outside with it so you have daylight. daylight. So there are, there are people actually plan it. I mean, that, that's, that's oh. a lot of forward thinking, though. you got to write a story on those clowns. <laughs> yes, I think we did. You did used, you? It was the great age of the, the lines and the you no, wrote but, it. No, but who come in the daylight because the... Taking the picture, that's when you want the perfect light. Like they, they come at the or golden hour to take pictures of their burger. They'll request uh, the table in the window. You'll see in the notes. That's like, too good. Like, you know, things like that. That's, I'm going to start doing that. And then the friends that they come with are sitting there like, can we eat the burger? Like, yeah. Can we eat already? And it's like, no. That's, that's <laughs> 20 minutes the of pictures. That's that I'm not into. It's like, okay, you want to take a picture? That's fine. But if I don't want to, don't make me wait so you get the, like, the nice dish on the side. And they're like, let, let me just go. So do you have favorite burgers? Do you, if you had, you had to name, you've eaten all the burgers, right? You've yeah. Eaten all. So you have to, and possibly you, if you're like me, you, you have different burger for different occasion, different time of day, and different season. If you were to rank your burgers, your favorite three burgers uh, besides your own, mm-hmm. which you're not allowed to do. Okay. Um, <laughs> what, give us your, your, your top three burgers of the current crop. I'd say no, in no order. Uh, roses. On a Flatbush, that's uh, one of my favorites. Uh, Hard Time Sundays, um, I really love their. Hard Time uh, Sundays is a food truck, right? It's a smash burger, and yeah. now they now, now, now they sell it in the Grand yeah. Central, right? Yeah. So uh, yeah, ro- roses and that, and then um, if I'm just feeling quick and easy, a Shake Shack. It's a great burger. It's it just hits everything I want to be when I'm just not feeling like I want to think. <laughs> Here's a burger. It's it's excellent, and I don't want to have to think about it. This isn't that kind of burger. I mean, this is not the burger that you're just like, I'm just really in the yeah. mood for, like, whatever, something I have to think about. Like, you got to go, and this is, like, this announces itself in a yeah. way that is awesome. Is there peanut butter in that sauce? That's gochujang. Oh, gochujang. Yeah, gochujang. Oh, gochujang. <laughs> he acts like he knows what that is. He may not. Spicy Korean uh, chili paste. <laughs> <laughs> I have a whole jar of it at home. Oh, yeah. Oh, oh. Oh, I'm full. So if you're going to open a restaurant, what, what, what would you be serving? Uh, if I were going to open a restaurant, having spent enough time and talked to enough people to understand how much effort it takes, how much work you have to do, and how thin the margins are, I'm going to open a restaurant that is a bar that sells alcohol. <laughs> well, I, yeah. No food. Light, no food? Light, no light, food. Light snacks. I'm, light snacks. I'm, I would think, I'm thinking... And I've often thought I would probably do the same thing as you. You got to sell booze first and foremost, and then maybe a burger. You say tortas. Also, uh, Cubano sandwiches. <laughs> you always want to open a sandwich a place. Cubano sandwiches. Oh, Cubano, a burger, and something a little light. Sandwiches. So good. Called call platinum. Flat shack. Flat shack. <laughs> or you call it platties. Platties. Or, you know. Where do you want to go on a Tuesday? Bold man. Call Emily Plat- or Platties. <laughs> Platties got a ring to it. <laughs> Platty burger. Platty burger. All right. Thank you, guys. All right. I know another French right now. Uh, that's it for us. Uh, I'm going to go try to finish this burger. 
Uh, my thank you to Emily and Matt. Uh, we are here at Emily. Their new restaurant is Emmy Squared, so definitely check that out. And uh, our thanks as always to Andy Bowers and Laura Mayer at Panoply. Our bold, prodigious producer, Sam Digman, always here through thick and thin. Uh, thanks a lot, guys. For Adam Platt, I'm Alan Sitzma. We'll be back in two weeks with another episode. Thanks so much. Thank you.